Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown. And gents, this time last week we were sitting in this very studio bemoaning the fact that Arsenal and Chelsea have only been given 6,000 tickets each for that Europa League final. It's a paltry figure, we were saying. Not nearly enough for the demand of the supporters to see their teams in a European final. Fast forward seven days, Arsenal have sold a reported 3,000 tickets. It's looking like they could go on general sale. And Chelsea struggling to even shift 1,000. What's going on? Money, money, money. Yeah, funny thing is, last week I was kind of sure that we'd take up our education. But, um, yeah, it's been really... I think people have voted by their, their pockets, really, and just decided it's too far to go the average fan cannot afford to go to somewhere like this just i did some uh, really really rough calculations looking at booking.com and things uh, a minute ago so flight if i if i if i had a ticket which is probably about 50 quid um 54, to get to yeah. all right if we're going to be precise mate <laughs> and 67 pence <laughs> uh, if i had a ticket for roughly 50 quid mm. um to get a flight to Tbilisi, not even to Baku, to Tbilisi. Which I've um, heard is lovely this time of yeah, year, yeah, by yeah. the way. Yeah. 353 quid. Nice. Okay. But I've got to get, there's two options from Tbilisi, and I didn't look at the train option. I can either get a car, which means I've got to rent a car for about 130 quid plus petrol, or that's going to take, that, that, sorry, that's going to take seven hours and 33 minutes to get there if I drove from Tbilisi So this to is once you've done the full checking in your bag, security, you've flown to Tbilisi, you're then looking at seven and a half seven hours half of driving. Hours driving. If you need a breather, by the way, having flown before a seven and a half hour drive or a meal or whatever, you're adding however much that'll be. Exactly. Um, the other option is I could walk, which is 110 hours. So I'm going to be Hang leaving. From London. I'm going to be leaving in about 10 minutes. That sounds, <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> there is a there, you can actually get a train from from Tbilisi to Baku, but the thing about the trains from Tbilisi to Baku, there's only two a day, so if you miss it, you're done for. It's Imagine 15 hours. if that's your commuter yeah. train on the day of the yeah. final. <laughs> and yeah. it's just it's a 15 hour journey, so if you miss it, hang on, it's it. a 15 hour train on train. Yeah, on train. So, so we're now talking about what so is it like a seven-hour flight? What about renting a, a horse? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. A mule. <laughs> <laughs> Just plod your way over. Yeah, yeah it's I mean a- it's it's ridiculous. And so so all of that, um, you know. And then you've got food, a couple of hundred quid. Um, drink, a couple of hundred quid. Um, obviously, I've mentioned uh, you know the hotel. I found a hotel for six hundred and thirty-eight pounds. So all in, it's at like one thousand. I reckon I could do it for about one thousand five hundred and seventy quid, which is about 170, it's about 74% increase on my entire season ticket that I play. And I Arsenal, of course, have fa- famously expensive season tickets, yeah. right? So well, even yeah. when we're dealing with a club who are already racking those prices up, it's extortionate. Yeah, basically. I, I cannot justify it. No. I've never been to a European Cup final. Fair play to those I that said, have done it. I said, to, um, I said to a few of the lads... In February, if we get there, I'm definitely going. I'm going to find any means possible to get there. But when it actually the crunch came, I cannot spend one thousand five hundred and seventy pounds yeah. on a you know a single football match. Plus and that's why, yeah, I mean, and that's why 
football fans are being we're being priced we talk about being priced out that is an, a classic example of being totally priced out of course the fans being priced out and this potential that Arsenal could not even take up all of their allocation might in a funny way take a bit of the pressure off UEFA because we'd all been here complaining about the commercialism and saying listen you care more about sponsors than us but they can now turn around and say listen we gave you more tickets than the you needed what more do you want the thing is Europa League is not it's not it's not as prestigious as the Champions League final. Hmm. If there's empty seats in that stadium and they're trying to showcase it around the world with all their sponsors, it's not going to look good. It's just not going to look good if you've got empty seats in the stadium. So but they're going to have empty seats, aren't they? Because even if you're a sponsor and you're getting your tickets free, might you not look at it and go, Baku, thanks, but yeah. no I thanks. suppose if you're a sponsor, it might well be all the expenses paid. But, I mean, as a spectacle um, for UEFA to try and promote that, that competition... It's just not a good look if there's empty seats, swathes of empty seats around the stadium. So you, on the one hand, you might say that you, you know, they've been let off the hook, but on the other hand, it's just going to make it doubly difficult for them to promote and get and, and generate cash next season if they. Because I, I think they, I think next season, I think it's either in Gdansk, it which is, is in Gdansk, in Poland, yeah, and then the yeah. following season, it's I think it's in either Tbilisi or Seville. Now you'd say Seville, but apparently Seville Stadium is is a bit small. It's like forty-two thousand fans. And if you're if you're if you're if, if over half the allocation is going to the football family, you know um, it's another problem. So it might well be in Tbilisi the following year. So my um, hope from all of this is that it is actually half empty, because my hope is that the the footballing world sees this and yeah. says, okay, this is unacceptable. You know there are the vast bulk of teams that get through to this final. You could probably go through the last five years, six years, seven years, plot out where are those teams come from, France. Germany, Italy, Spain. Spain, England. So why don't we have, you know, let's let's do some numbers here and not have it in the upper end of the f- Mount of Hebrides, the, whatever it is, the, the thing middle is, of nowhere. The thing is, on the other hand, back, uh, not back in the Azerbaijani football station have been members of UEFA for 25 years. So UEFA will argue that one man, one vote, everyone has to get a, a, a go at it. Um, which okay, which is is fine, fine on one hand, but I think when you're doing that, you've got to look at the logistics. You know, um, it's not easy. It's not an easy ride for any of us. Do you know and, what that was? Commercially, commercially, as you said, if it's going to be, if there's going to be empty seats, if I'm a sponsor or a prospective front sponsor, I'm not want to. I'm not going to want to bother um, put my money towards uh, to to put my name on on a, on, a, on a UEFA League final next no. year in Gdansk when. It- you know, it's half empty. What's that doing for my, for my, for my, for my brand? Brand. It's doing nothing for my brand. Yeah, it's an so. absolute joke. Do you know um, what you just said there? The one man, one vote, or let's make sure we get round everyone. Mm. Doesn't it remind you of um, when you used to get like the kiddies six or eleven aside football, and uh, the manager would always pick someone different every week for man mm. of the match. And by the time it got round to everyone, you'd be like, "Well, this comp- this trophy is completely worthless because record, everyone gets it once." I was the one who got it on the last week. Ah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> do you want a hug? <laughs> yes, please, Chris. We'll, we'll do it in the break. There is also an argument though where. We can see English fans responding to this all-English Europa League final and all-English Champions League final. And of course, in the case of the Europa League final, not just all-English, but all-London, and saying, listen, let's play it at Wembley, right? It's easier for everyone. It's cheaper for everyone. It's better for the environment. And Mm. I take that argument. 
But you can spin it the other way and say, listen, Baku, from an English fan's perspective, is a nightmare to get to. But actually, firstly, the point you make, Giles, that Azerbaijan have been in UEFA for very long and should be involved. But there's another point there, which is if you're trying to build up and establish football in countries where it isn't already this dominant powerhouse surely the way of doing that helping building up infrastructure is taking fans there bringing competitions there do you think that we just kind of have to bite the bullet and accept that this might be for the greater good of european football well the thing is and this is going to sound controversial i'm going to say allegedly yeah, to, is that a that what you say in radio world? It, yeah, world? It, uh, it doesn't make you automatically <laughs> safe, by the way. But yeah, it's but a good start. There are soft politics at play. There are. No, of course yeah, there are. There are soft politics at play. You know, some of these regimes... But there they always wanna, are. There yeah, are always... With yeah, any tournament, yeah, wherever it's held. Yeah. But you know, there's certain regimes that want to put a, a good face... Uh, onto the world and they pay you know they, they pay for the privilege of hosting these events um, the problem with that from an Azerbaijani point of view and you're spot on mm. but if they're trying to go look we're really open and accepting and everyone can come to Azerbaijan apart from you Henrik because mm. you're Armenian well what good does that do no he if you on the news today the Azerbaijan is he foreign minister they he was might on be letting him in I well, no they say he can come in but the, the problem has been the security hmm. detail around it. Can they guarantee his safety? And uh, one of the high up, higher <laughs> he can ups. come in, but he needs to wear a moustache <laughs> and yeah. a top hat. He can come in if and he's cool. very, very brave. Borat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, that's been the sticking point. But um, yeah, if, if it's going to be held there, do more for the fans. Don't just give it lip service. Where, the fans. Where's the contingencies? Why why isn't somebody somewhere saying, well, why don't we have a contingency of putting on some more chartered flights? Yeah. You know, That's point true. one. You just, yeah. you know, you've got people that are willing to do it. So put on an extra, you could put on an extra 100 flights with, what, 100 people on it. And, and, and that's what I really, that's what I was really disappointed about the club with. I mean, last week they came out of this, oh, we've, we've asked you away for why. They've, you know, why they decided to hold it here and so on and so forth. And I thought to myself, you're just paying lip service. If you really, really did care about the fans, put on some flights. Help the fans out. You know it's it's, it's nearer Delhi than it is London, <laughs> this this venue. You know, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a it's a derriere ache to get to and it costs the earth. So, you know, if you really are concerned about the fans, put, you know, help, help, help them out and put them, get them on a flight. Absolutely spot on. Of course, one of those intrepid 3,000 Arsenal fans who is going to Baku is amongst your number at Gunnerstown and amongst our number here on the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. Charlie East AFC Charlie is going to get there by plane, train or swimming and he'll be with us later on in the show to find out just how he's planning on doing it. But coming up, there are some fairly famous managers available in the summer. The likes of a certain Mr Allegri spring to mind. And as an Arsenal fan looking at Unai Emery do you stick or do you twist this is love sport it's the Arsenal fan show here on love sport radio you're with me Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown and despite leading Juventus to an unprecedented eighth straight Serie A title Massimiliano Allegri was sacked by the Turin club this summer pretty harsh and he of course is not delighted about it but is now available for work and some Arsenal fans perhaps a little unrealistically are looking at that and getting on Twitter and saying hang on, hang on a minute there is a top class European coach here with title winning pedigree I don't care about Emery let's get him into the club 
Is that sensible? Giles? No, it's wishful thinking, as I said, on social media. But, I mean, one can dream. Look, Emery's done a good job. I mean, I, and the thing is, I'm a, I am an Emery backer. I've, I've supported him throughout the season, even in the, during the downturn. I've had questions, but I've supported him during the season. And, and if he wins the Europa League, he's done a very good job. Um, and ordinarily, you know, I'd say give him the second season. But, you know, when world-class managers come on the scene, and Allegri, whether you like his brand of football or not, is a world-class manager, proven winner, knows how to handle big stars, um, comes on the scene. He's not going to need that at Arsenal. Well, when I say that, I mean, you know, when he went to Milan, first thing he did was cut, get rid of Abramovich, get rid of all the, the big stars, all the anyone that was sort of like, that would challenge his authority, that were, that were hemorrhaging the wages, got rid of him. You know, having won the, won the league and then and then turned it around with with a younger with a younger set of players, I'm sure Milan must now rue the day that they ushered him out of the San Siro. Um, but you know, he's just he's he doesn't take any prisoners. He's a you know he's a great tactician, defensively very sound. But you know, look, we've got Emery. It's only a, it's only a pipe dream, and that's and that's where I stand. But even though we've got Emery, some fans I suspect would say, you know what? No disrespect to Unai, but as you were saying, Giles, when you get this opportunity, you have to say thank you for your service, but actually a shinier model has become available. This is something that a lot of people are talking about with Manchester United and the potential availability of Allegri, the potential availability of, say, Thomas Tuchel, should he get sacked by PSG. They're saying, I don't care about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ax him now and pounce. Do you think that that's callous? I don't think so, but what I would say is I, I would suspect it's probably more realistic where United are at and also with the cash that mm. United have. That's probably the biggest differential. I think mm. this is a moot point in terms of a discussion, if I'm completely honest, because we will not sack off Emery because there's money to be paid to him and we do not, if you believe everything that's being said, have money to spend in the mm. summer. We're doing everything uh, on the cheap. And Allegri is somebody that's going to want to come in and say, I'm going to need to rip this team apart and start again in my own mould. Charles, what's the uh, style? What's his playing style? I don't think he particularly has a playing style. He's just quite... Winning. You know, he's winning. <laughs> that's his style. And that's what I like about him. He wins. You know, doesn't care about... I mean, you've got someone like Sarri. People say, oh, if you don't like Emery, you, don't, you won't like Allegri. Well, Sarri's even more of an ideologist than, than say, Pep. Pep's willing to tweak his... Sarri does not. He's stubborn, he's obdurate. He wants to play in a certain way. Doesn't win you much. Didn't win him much. Allegri's a winner. Puts out teams to win. If That's you were a winner, though, yeah. and if we accept that Allegri is a winner, is he going to look at this current Arsenal crop because, as Chris says, he's not going to have big money to spend in the summer. Is he going to look at the likes of Licksteiner and Ertzil and Iwobi and go, you know what, that's a squad of winners who I can mould into title winners? I think he said that he's looking for a project. So, <laughs> We'd certainly that. Get that. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. let's just be, let's play, let's just, you know, let's, let's, let's just imagine for a moment Arsenal were considering or were approaching him. It's all about how they package that, that project to, to him, you know? We'll try and give you money. We've got X amount of money here. You know, if you can get us into the Champions we're just about to get into the Champions League. There's money coming from Adidas and so on and so forth. You, you know, we'll allow you to, to tell us who you're going to keep and who you're not going to keep. He'll work with it. He will work with it. He, he's, for him, he's, he wants to see where the roadmap leads down in the future. It's not just about here and now. He's obviously wants a free, he was obviously looking for a three or four year plan 
and sees progression and sees you know what he wants to do is 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 is, is, is I suppose he wants to go back to being an old school manager I guess because I know he wanted more authority at, at, at um, Juventus and 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 that was a sticking point of him but I think you know look if he wants a project if we could package it correctly why wouldn't he go for it. Do you think in modern football, not just at Arsenal, but at any top club, we're ever going to get back to that world of the manager? Though, if you think about how many times on this show we've discussed who Arsenal's new director of football should be, if we cast our eyes back even 20 years when Wenger was first really taking the club over, that man ran everything, right? From the top to the bottom. That just doesn't happen anymore. And do you think the club would even, even a manager of Allegri's stature, do you think they'd be willing to offer him that? No, I mean today, uh, Vinay and Raúl were on Arsenal uh, media, and they said that you know um, this, the, the the key point, the key points of the, the, the Arsenal this season has been the transition from the traditional style manager, the legacy manager of Wenger, into a, a head coach with a narrower responsibilities, but surrounded by experts. So I suppose Allegri would have to, you know. Except experts that. like Steve Bold, yeah. <laughs> Sven Mizentat, that we that we probably booted out. Experts in wearing shorts when yeah. it's really cold. Yeah, um, so he'd have to obviously you know accept that situation. Um, but um, yeah, look, it's it's moving towards a modern you know in, in that head coach, director of football, technical director um, 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 path, and he'd have to accept that. I, I know that from because obviously I've, I've I've followed him quite a lot, and I know that one of the sticking points with Juventus is he wanted more control over who he who who they buy and and who they sell. Yeah, because be something bit... must have gone on to win a title and get sacked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think he's Ren- falling out. Yeah, he? I think the introduction of Ronaldo I think has kind of upset things a little bit there in terms of players. I think he's full. I think the manager's falling out with Dybala. Dybala doesn't get as much playing time because he has to try and f- somehow fit in Ronaldo and they're not playing to Ronaldo's strength. So there's lots of other things going on in the background. But to, also, I think he's, he's just run his course. I think he's tired. They're tired of him. It's, it's to come to a natural end. You know, imagine having an imagine when you eight leagues in a row and you're like I'm a bit bored of you now. <laughs> let's try something new. Let's can we, try can we winning make this harder. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's try. Everyone's got to moonwalk the ball into the net from now on. <laughs> Worth a go. Arsenal yeah. try that on occasion. It doesn't seem to go very very well. One man who's a bit more pragmatic is Danny Welbeck. Of course, he struggled with injury this season. He looked quite impressive under Emery until he started getting crocked. But even with those injuries, could he be set for one last hurrah? Don't go anywhere. This is Love Sport. You're listening to me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown here on Love Sport Radio for your Arsenal fan show. And lads, we need to talk about Danny. He was having a lively season, a couple of dodgy injuries. He hasn't played since breaking his ankle in November. He's had a double surgery on that. Most of us Arsenal fans thought that that was Arsenal career over. It's been announced that he's leaving the club at the end of the season as his contract comes to an end. We thought we'd seen the last of him in an Arsenal shirt, but we're hearing now that he could be set for a late comeback and the club could be considering taking him to the Europa League final. Now... It's a lovely story. We like Danny. He's a nice boy. He works hard. He smiles a lot. That's what my dad always says. I like that Welbeck. He smiles a lot. The (laughs) fact that he doesn't score many goals doesn't seem to matter because he's cheery. That said, he's not the only striker who's been injured in a lead-up to a European final, right? There's a conversation going on amongst Spurs fans. Harry Kane's been out. But if he's fit for the Champions League final, 
do you play him? Now, most Spurs fans obviously say, yeah, you play him. But he's Harry Kane. And he's the talisman and he's the target man and he scores those goals. I like Danny Welbeck. He smiles a lot. But is he worth throwing in after not playing any football for six months in Arsenal's first European final in 11 or so years just because he's fit? Do you know what I would say? Yes. And the reason why I say yes is mainly because, not from the start, obviously, but you get 12 subs. Like UEFA, you can't bring them all on. By the way, I know that, but <laughs> but to even just have him there as an option, so that you've got a consideration, would he's you, not going to last. Would you throw him on the pitch? Um, if if we've got five ten minutes to go and we are down and we need to at least draw level, you know, I would because Richard what are the other options? What are the other options? We've got Enketier, who you know he's he's looked okay at times, but he's still a young raw player. Um, who else? Who else have we got up front? Let's just say we've already got Aubameyang and we've already got Lacazette on the pitch, as we probably will. Yeah. So who who is the other attacking option that we might be able to consider? There aren't really any other than Ketier. And and obviously the club, we just heard that you know there's been a, he scored a hat trick in a behind the closed doors arranged game. We've got another one against Austrian team called Linz coming up this weekend. And I think that's all sort of like get the players prepared. Obviously, it's been two, it'll be two weeks, two and a bit weeks, two and a half weeks since the last match. So, trying to keep the players' uh, fitness in, um, to a certain level. And it's an opportunity for Danny to throw his hat in the ring to say, Look, pick me, I'll, I'll be available for selection. And why not? I mean, as you say, if we're chasing the game, we need some power, some energy. Why not throw him what on? I'd, ra- I'd rather have him on than. Mavropanos is a big target man up top. It won't be. Yeah, it won't be. Mkhitaryan. I mean, Danny Welbeck would probably do more in 10 minutes than Mkhitaryan's done in the last two to three months. So, you know, give it a go. But but I think we're we're all realistic. He probably can't play more than 10 minutes or, or 10, 15 minutes as an impact sub. But that's all that we'd be looking for. Why do you think that he hasn't been given a new deal? Because in the first half of the season... Unai Emery seemed to like him. He was playing. He scored some important goals in the Europa League in particular. So, yeah, he's been injured. But do you think that's the only reason why Emery hasn't kept him? Do you know what? I think the narrative at the club has changed. I think that 22-game unbeaten run got them thinking, actually, we might get Champions League sooner than we thought and therefore we'll get the riches as a result. I'm sort of um, projecting here. Um, if we get Champions League and we've got the riches as, the, as a result, we don't need to get him on, get another two years out of Danny Welbeck on the 100 grand a week or 90 grand a week. We can get somebody else in because we can afford to get somebody else in. So that's my kind of gut feel. And I think there's but something... But if we don't? Happen. If we don't get the Champions League... Well, this is where the narrative has sort of shifted slightly. And I think it's shifted back because the club, well, they probably will be looking at Welbeck and saying, do you know what? If we have only got £40 million to spend... Maybe we should take a punt. They've, they've, but they've said that he's going, haven't they? Oh um, yes, of they, course. They, they, they yeah. came out and they gave him some sort of no, memorabilia no, in the last game of the season. Um, yeah, they can take uh, it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need I you. Think, you can start, You can hold on to that. I uh, think they made their decision even before he got injured. Do you that's think my, so? That's my gut feel. I mean, when you listen to them saying that, um, you know, now from now on we're not going to let players run their contracts down, especially players that are in their prime. We're going to look at. We're going to sit down with them from two years, you know, from two years before the end of their contract, and we're going to have to make hard decisions whether we renew or sell. And if we sell, sell at the right prices and reinvest the money by buying the right players. Um, I think he was one of those that they probably thought we could do better. 
Mm. Well, there's a broader question here, not for Arsenal, but for Danny, who we know we like and who smiles a lot. What happens to him? Because even if he does score a goal in this Europa League final, it's looking like he is leaving Arsenal. As you were suggesting, Chris, quite big wages, not a clinical finisher, not a consistent goal scorer, but a useful player, a hard-working player, a versatile player. Where do you see him going? Well, worst case scenario for him, he could just go to West Ham because they mm. they snap up any player that mm. is you know got a bit of a reputation and massive wages. So, and any player problem. from Arsenal, Lucas Perez yeah. springs to mind. And yeah. injury problems. Sami Nazari, yeah. yeah, injury problems and, as and well. It fits the West Ham bill. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he could probably. He won't go, go abroad. I could see him mid-table. No. The thing is, for him, unfortunately, because of his injury record, they might they might put him on some kind of incentivised deal where he's probably not going to get as much as he would have got at Arsenal. But you know, if you play a certain amount of games, and you know, because look at Wiltshire, I mean, you know, they're probably regretting. I think they're definitely yeah. regretting. Yeah, exactly, and Andy Carroll as well. You know, so wherever he goes, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him an incentive, slightly, slow, slightly lower wages, and incentivise him to sort of like make himself available for a certain number of games a season. And looking back on his career at Arsenal, he was a signing that divided fans. He was an odd one. It wasn't really expected. It hadn't been touted and vaunted for months. It was a deadline day deal where suddenly it was, oh, Arsenal have signed Danny Welbeck from Manchester United. Okay, 15 million quid, not massively expensive for an England striker. Hardworking, scored big goals, not least against United. Are you going to look back on him with fondness? Are you going to think of him as a great or is there a sense of what if? No greats, um, but you know. No greats, <laughs> yeah. no greats. Get no Allegri yeah. in now. Um, the, I was at Old Trafford when he scored that goal, and we the place went off. You know, and the fact that he celebrated as well, place went off. But then you know the 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 one you know the big um, I think the one that many people remember is the one the you know the Leicester the Leicester one where we should that have won on the one that, that, that is that season. the header yeah, yeah. Mm. in literally the last second yeah. and. You know. And I was actually, I took my wife along to that game and literally she just followed me in the melee down to the front because we're only 11 rows from the front. Yeah. And as we got back to our seat, she was like, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Why did she follow you? I'd have just gone, all right. No, quick. no, she was in front of me and she just got swept <laughs> up. So hang on a minute. When you said your wife followed you, what you really meant was you guided your wife. I pushed her down to the front. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> was like surrounded by literally hundreds of just sweaty, balding men oh, jumping her. up and down. Yeah. Well, Mrs. Howard, if you're listening, Chris would like to apologise live on <laughs> national radio. And Danny Welbeck would like to apologise too because he's a nice boy and he smiles a lot. But what our conversation is making me realise is that Arsenal don't have enough strikers. It sounds an odd thing to say because their two best players in Aubameyang and Lacazette are both centre-forwards, but do they need a couple more and could one of them be playing for Lille? This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio and we've actually just had a text into the show from Chris's wife who has confirmed that she is listening and that she won't under any circumstances accept his apology. If you'd like to get in touch, that number is 0208 70 20 558 or you can tweet us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. And we've been talking about Arsenal's strikers. We've been talking perhaps about their lack thereof. And they are being linked with one fairly pricey forward. And they've been linked with him for some time. I'm always encouraged by these rumours when they rumble on for months. And this is certainly the case here. Nicolas Pepe of Lille, who has been scoring goals at a prodigious rate in Liga. He's got 22 in 37 this season. Is he a man Arsenal need? Is he a man Arsenal can afford? Go on, Chris. 
<laughs> You're saying that because we all know that this is a this is a plant because Allegri and Pepe in the same uh, in the same radio show. This has been tailor made for you, Giles. Look at the big. You can't you can't see it out there in Radio Land, but he's got a big beaming smile. I cannot see this happening purely because. We've been told all. We've been briefed all summer, all, all the lead up to summer. We haven't got any money. We've, we've got only got forty million quid. And he's going to cost and he's gonna, Yeah, he's going to cost that. And Lille aren't. Uh, they're not sort of. They're savvy operators. You know, the president is not going to just turn up to Arsenal and say, "I like you guys. I'm going to do you a special deal." <laughs> that said, Lille manager Christophe Gaultier has confirmed that Pepe is going to leave. Yeah. So that doesn't, as you say, Chris, mean that they're going to sell him cut price but they have perhaps weakened their negotiating position the concern for Arsenal will be that he's also linked with a potential move to United to Bayern Munich to Barcelona all Champions League clubs if Arsenal get in a bidding war like that it'll be ruinous and actually it just won't work yeah I mean the chips are against us I mean look LOSC they have to generate 100 million every this every summer because they're running at a loss so that's why they buy young and sell high um, and who's part, taking all of that hundred million? If that's such a perpetual thing, I, I, I've, I read somewhere that they're, they're, they're basically they're running at a loss. They can't, they cannot afford to. to, to I think I, I'm not sure. Maybe it was the, the stadium. I think, I think they own their stadium. They're one right. of the few French clubs that own their stadium. So maybe the pain for that is is is, is affecting their pocket. But basically, they have to make a hundred million. Um, aside from those clubs that you mentioned, Johnny, um, apparently Mbappe. Apparently, according to Paris United, said that um, for Mbappe to stay, remain at PSG, he's named uh, Pepe as one of the players that he wants to come in. Now, as we know, PSG, they basically bankrolled a whole of the French league. They might not like them. Other clubs might not like them, but they keep them alive by buying their best talent. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes off there. 65 million at this point in time, too much for us. Same with Zaha, too much for us. But those are the kind of players that I would like to see us Signed because they're dynamic. They're one-on-one players. They, they. I think they can not only double up as wide players, but they can actually also play through the middle. And they're young, mm. you know. Talking of Zaha, there are rumours today that Arsenal could make a move for him, but that they're only willing to pay forty million quid. Now Palace are valuing him at, depending on who you believe, seventy million, eighty million, a hundred million. Can you see that happening? Forty plus jenks, apparently. So hang on, by that logic, we're valuing Jenkinson exactly at 60 million English pounds. The finest right back in the league. They've got Wan-Bissaka. Unless they already know that he's out the door. Mm. But imagine that. That that is a downgrade. Yeah, imagine that. You go, all right, lads, we can have a really good season. We're losing Zaha (laughs) and Wan-Bissaka, but we're getting some money and we've got Jenkinson in at right back. So don't worry. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's Jenkinson and Mustafa. Jenkinson, El Nenny and a third player they were saying. They were suggesting it might have been Chambers. But, um, yeah, look, they're going to push for as much money as they can. They're not going to get 80 or 100 million, I doubt it. Um, that's not that's not what they're He's like. 26 going on. Is he always 27 now? He's 26. I think, I think he's, he's going on 27. fabulously now. overrated. I think yeah, he's a I really think. good player and I think yeah. he's exciting. But I have the Palace guys in here from Back of the Nest every Tuesday, 7 till 9. And they think he's messy. And I find yeah. myself every week wanting mm. to go, lads, I like him. And I know you like him because he's a Croydon boy. But, Come off it. Yeah. yeah You're paying the, the, the Premier League premium, aren't you? The homegrown premium, um, the tax. Um, and that's just the way of the world. It's, that's the, the market will detect how, detect how much he costs. Um, Palace, are, from what I understand, Palace are making moves to bring in Weyer, I think it is, from PSG. So they're obviously looking at his successor. 
Um, so they're, 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 it sounds like they're accepting the fact that he wants to leave and they'll and they'll leave. He'll leave on their terms. But yeah, I, you know, if we get Champions League, maybe the the whole kind of horizon, our our transfer, our summer looks completely different if we get Champions League football. Yeah. So I just looked at some some numbers. He's thirty four appearances for Zaha this season. Ten goals, five assists. You know. But you know what? That's ten goals in a team that doesn't score. Also worth pointing out, he's won an awful lot of penalties, yeah. which yeah. won't show up as assists, but actually he's had a yeah. hand in rather more goals. When you think Venteke scored one goal against us in about two, that, that's the only goal he's scored in about two years. They've got no, they got Sacco, championship level striker. You know, he does a hell of a lot for them. He is their one and only um, attacking outlet, mm. both creative wise and scoring. But would he even want to come to Arsenal if we're not even in the Champions League? Cause didn't he say? I want yeah. to play Champions League football. But then Man United, apparently, he, he, apparently I've read He's again. He's never going back to United. No. I've Surely. Read that, I've read that he, obviously it's probably paper, it could be Duncan Castle saying this, but apparently he's got unfinished business. Well, that, that sums it up really. <laughs> you, know, but, you don't know. I think, you know what? It depends on who, how much somebody's going to pay him. Yeah, and I I think that's a very good point. I think the point from the Arsenal point of view is that he's an inconsistent footballer. Yeah. And I'm sure there are Palace fans listening getting angry with me. If I'm talking rubbish, ring me up, tell me why. 0208 70 20 558. But for me, if you look at Wilfred Zaha versus Bournemouth on the final day of the season, he's one of the best players in the Premier League. Right, Eddie Howe came out after that game and said, we have possibly not faced a better individual performance all season. Right, This is a manager of a team who's witnessed Mohamed Salah score a hat-trick against his back four. He's witnessed Aiden Hazard take them apart. He's saying Zaha's up there. And I agree with him on the one day in four he turns up like that. That's is it key, one day it? in four? I don't know. if it, He was brilliant against Cardiff. Brilliant against us. I think he's carried that team. I think... What I like about was him, he brilliant against us? I wasn't so sure. I thought he was. You know, he, one he, route, one boat, no, ball no, no, over no, the no, top, no, no, and no, Mustafi no. just no, staring. No, 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 no. <laughs> First half, he was their outlet. First half, he was there. Going, he was going down the sides of us. Mustafi didn't. I think who was it? Was Mustafi or was it? Yeah, one of them. Or was it um, the right back? Chopped him down. Got a yellow card. Didn't. Nobody wanted to go near him. Mm. He was carrying that threat. He was carrying that threat. The thing is, right? What I like about him is he might have an off day, but the next game he's coming back. Mm. And he's going to try. That's what I like about yeah, Maverick. That's a good point. He won't shrink. He will never shrink. And on that, he responds very aggressively yeah. and well to criticism, to booze from the crowd. I think you're spot on, Giles, in that he always has that fear factor and he always gets kicked. Yeah. But for 80 million, no. for me, never. I want consistent finishing. Yeah. And Zaha's finishing is not good enough to be an 80 million pound footballer. I know I'm coming from a generation where I remember. Chelsea spending 30 million quid on an aging Andre Shevchenko but at a point where Shevchenko was the guy in terms of center forwards and I remember looking at that and going 30 million pounds they're and, mad and now yeah. I always think back to that and go 80 for Zaha you are having a lot I laugh. think Palace are in the position where they signed a long contract last year obviously you're in the proviso that they can let him go this season but they might renege on that and say if you're not getting 80 you're not going anywhere we don't need to sell you you're here till 2023 get your head down son mm. so it's you know uh, if they are going to send, he's going to have to sit down with him and come to an agreement. And maybe I reckon it's more going to be like 50, 60 million that he'll go for if he does go for that. Worth uh, noting that he does love the club. He does well. love he it, and he, Yeah, does. and he doesn't want to rock the boat. Wasn't um, he an Arsenal fan as yeah, a kid? He, is, he, is, yeah. he was a gooner as a kid. I think, I don't, for him, I think 10, if we can get him, if he can chip in with 10, 15 goal contributions for us, that's fine. That is fine because apart from the front two, Nobody else gets anywhere near 10 goal contributions a season for us. Would you rather have Zaha or Ryan Fraser? 
I'd have Zaha all day long. Well, that's yeah, an obvious question. If, if, if money's not, not the is problem, it, if, you're if, not, if money's not the problem, if you're not counting any kind of financial element, mm. of it. if you say Fraser's you can got have, as many assists as anybody else yeah. in the Premier League, yep, yep he has. But he, Zaha's more of an X factor than Fraser is a you know drive down the line, ball, yeah. ball into the box, like it's pretty simple stuff. I, I would, I would, I wouldn't even mind both of them because yeah. you know Fraser gives you that consistency. Greedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only, only got about twenty minutes. He's on his last year, isn't he, or something like. That. He's going to give you consistency. I think if you get Ryan Fraser for 20 million quid, why not? Yeah. Frankly, because yeah. you will get more money for him at the yeah. very least. Could, of course, be activity at the back as well. We're hearing that Arsenal are monitoring Roma's Greek defender Kostas Manolas. Of course, had a hand in knocking Barcelona out of the Champions League last year. We've already got one Greek centre-half. Chris, I know you're a fan of his. Two Greek Mavropanos. You see, I forget he even exists. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to add a third? Uh, yeah, but I want a profile of it. Well, I wrote something actually yesterday about this. I know, actually, I wrote something about today, but it's all blended into one. Um, we're also linked with this Saliba, mm. um, William Saliba from mm. Saint Etienne, and he sounds like the right type of profile player. But when you start to work out the numbers, something's not adding up because if we lose Koscielny because you know he's only got one leg, um, if Mustafi is supposedly on his way out to somewhere like Milan. Then effectively, it leaves us with uh, Sogradis as the only. I love the way senior... you say Sogradis. <laughs> it's the only senior, sort of experienced centre half. And if you're then getting in a 18 year old Saliba, uh, and then you've got Sogradis. Um... Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got what? Um, Chambers, holding. if he comes in, you've got Holding, holding you've got Mavropanos. That is a, a very I, youthful I, looking I, I, Chamber, I Chambers, so. arguably not even a centre half anymore. No. Uh, and I, but that's why we've got these rumours about Kahneman and this yeah. Dejani. Uh, no, no, actually, we're not getting anyone from Spain, are we? I think some some journey said we're not getting we're not getting anywhere near Spain. But you know, so so we've got Dejani, you know, and Manolas and all these other players. So I think there will be if he goes to buy a youngster like a just eighteen year old kid. Then I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another sort of like squad player with a bit more experience. Mm -hmm. We've had a tweet into the show from Martin at MartCAFC45, who says, Look at how many penalties you get with Zaha. It's a very, very good point. He's been winning a lot this season and he does add to those gold contributions through them. If we piqued your interest with all of this talk of transfer targets, of transfer rumours, stay with us here on Love Sport Radio because from 9 until 10, I'll be bringing you our first ever episode of The Rumour Mill. This is the show where we take you through all of the biggest rumour deals of the day. But we're not just doing speculation here. We're cutting through the noise, we're talking to the experts, and we're finding out which of these rumours actually might happen. With that in mind, tonight we are playing Two Truths and a Lie. Which one of the following transfer rumours is a lie? Harry Maguire to Man City, United to offer Alexis Sanchez and cash for Kylian Mbappe, or Zaha to Arsenal for 40 million quid. You'll have to call in later. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown. And it's a funny time to be an Arsenal fan. We're used to the club winning things, challenging for things, at the very least finishing fourth. Not so. It's a transitional period moving on from the Wenger era, moving into the Emery era, or perhaps the Allegri era, if certain Amiams are to be believed. <laughs> but are we losing track of 
the Premier League more broadly? Is what's slowly happening in front of our eyes a massive chasm in quality? Is football more broadly becoming completely divided between the very best and the rest? Because Manchester City only beat Liverpool by a point, but they were playing football on a level that we just haven't seen before. Are we in danger of becoming La Liga? Or even worse, Scotland. Scotland or Germany. Oh, yeah. I mean, Germany is a bit farcical, isn't it? Let's face it. I mean, Bayern Munich, I'm sure at the halfway point in this season, Bayern Munich were in meltdown. Dead and buried. And and, Yeah, dead and buried. And all of a sudden, they've just just come and won it again. As they always do. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. Um, And the thing is, I just get kind of desensitised to it. I know as an Arsenal fan, loads of Arsenal fans would have rather Man City win it than Liverpool. But I actually wanted Liverpool to win it. Not because I like Liverpool, I don't really like Liverpool, but just, just for something different. I don't Man City, I mean, they they win it because they've got the oil state behind them, they've got all these 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 sponsors, these 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 commercial sponsors from their own country or whatever. You know, Pep Guardioli only works with the very best with with, with the most money. It just becomes a procession. It's like, you know, the money is just yeah. astronomical, though. Since 2010, £1.47 billion pounds Man City have spent. Yeah. Do you think it's as straightforward as the money? It's obviously no. not only that, but do you think... But it kind of could be, Chris, in the sense that if you spend over a billion quid, if you throw enough proverbial at the wall, some of it is going to stick. Do you think that actually, even without Guardiola, without a master tactician, if you sign that many players for those big fees you will eventually create a spectacular team. I think it's, look, I think um, you, you have to have a tactician, a master tactician behind it all because as we've seen with PSG, they've got loads of, they've got a collection of parts, very expensive parts, but, you know, when they get onto the, you know, European stage, it's just they just look like a collection of parts. Yeah. You know, um, whereas with Man City, you can see that there's something, there is a plan yeah. there, there is a structure, a structure, strategy, an identity. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, only going to be a matter of time before they hit the Champions League semi finals and, and get to a final if he, if he stays. And I think they're going to, they want to tie him down for another four or five years, don't they? I'd be surprised yeah. if that happens given that his, uh, his history. But what I think is interesting is if you look at City's. Hist- recent history with the managers that they've had. Pellegrini, he won the league. Mancini won the league. They're not fantastic managers, tactically speaking, but they were able to get it right. So I think it's it's not an exact science, but I think if you chuck enough money, you know, one out of three, you might win it. But Guardiola, Guardiola's turned it into, well, we're winning everything and we're winning it soon. Do you think they'll win it next year? Mm. I think so. Probably, if they because what they do, they, they go and spend another yeah. 165 million pounds on and, the new and players, the thing, and that's the thing. They don't spend 165 million on one player; they'll get four or five 50 million pound players, you know. And it's it's that collection of those 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 kind of upper class players. They've quite literally spent more on their defence than the yeah. defence budget of quite a lot yeah. of countries. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, and that's just how it is, and and that's what makes them such a juggernaut team. Like they'll spend that kind of money on two or three players in the midfield. If Sane goes, you know they'll spend another, you know they'll 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 replace him very well because they've got the money to. They won't spend hundred million. They won't do a Man United, but they will spend, you know, hundred million on two players that are bloody good. What I would say though, with your comment about oh, are we in danger of becoming Germany or Scotland? If you look at some of the other leagues and look at how some of our teams have have picked up points, the top six really is. Um, 
worlds apart or feels like worlds apart from the rest of the division we were looking at the um italian league and you've got um the italian teams that the teams that are finishing um fourth are picking up like 62 63 points you know united finished sixth on 66 we had 70 you know it's, it was 71 72 points to get into the top four that no other division has got that many points and also look at the finalists in the champions league in the europa league the breadth of the depth in that in that Premier League at the moment does seem to be extreme. But let's broaden this out a bit. I think we're all agreed that City are fantastic and that money has played quite a big part in that. But do you think we're witnessing brilliance or do you think it's a frustration? As a football fan, do you like the involvement of the money in the sense that you get to watch the best football you could conceive of or would you rather it were more natural, the football were less beautiful, but it was more competitive? Uh, this is football, and to put to put to try and cap it, you know, is what you know some people would rather want to do. It's, it's, it's not right. I think if I was a Man City fan, or if, if we had Usmanov, well, probably I would. You know, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> you know what I mean, at least we could compete. I don't begrudge them their money. I just think it's become a procession, and it's just it's it's not great. It's, it's you know it's almost becoming a, dy- a dynasty. What it's creating is a dynasty. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're built to like win. He wants them to win. Like and United. So, yeah. United exactly. did it for so long. Exactly. I mean, and if it happened to us, you're right. If it happened yeah. to us, we'd be laughing yeah. our heads off. So you, you would know, take I've... that kind of investment from that kind of background at Arsenal. I think it would be hypocrites not to. Yeah. I think so. I think I it's, have to football, say. football has become that now, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's become that. Do you know I play football manager on my phone and I deliberately, um, so I join some other team and then at some stage I take over to become man- Arsenal manager and I'll normally have about eight to ten seasons where I'm Arsenal manager because I know if I win it eight or nine times in a row, it's just more fun, just winning it every single time. Mm. It doesn't get any less fun. So that's what we'd feel like as fans. Mm. I want to have the football manager experience at Arsenal. Mm. Yeah, you wouldn't get tired of it, you know. Um, and that's just the way football is, you know. It'd be it'd be great if it was a fairer play playing football, but then it'd be Amer- it'll be Americanized, and we don't really want that. So can Arsenal without that kind of investment, without that scale of investment? Because certainly, mm. obviously, we can't predict three, four years ahead. But for the foreseeable future, Arsenal aren't going to be able to come out swinging in the transfer market. Can Arsenal, let alone challenge for the title, break back into that top four yes. without spending hundreds of millions? Yes. Top four, yes. Win it, no. Because if you look at every team that's won it, aside from that um, you know, year of Leicester, Leicester winning it, mm, all of it is is mega bucks. You know, Whether it's Man United, whether it's Man City, whether Chelsea. it's Chelsea, mm. every single team have just absolutely blitzed in terms of the transfer market. They've just chucked money at it. So... Unless you're talking about once every 20 or 30 years and then that's got to be Arsenal that get it right at that particular moment and they've got a perfect storm of players that are ready to to challenge. Unless that happens, which is unlikely, yeah, Arsenal, the only way they're going to win the league is it feels like it at the moment. Again, I was listening to Vinay and uh, Raul today and they were saying that they want to get back into the Champions League. They want to get back into title-winning contention and their, their belief is... The the owners are hundred percent football fans. They're hundred percent behind uh, what the club are doing. They want us to win, and their their thing is they're hundred percent behind whatever we make. We put right back into the team, but that, that's basically the extent of it. They're not going to put their own money in it. And Vino was saying it's going to take time, where we basically have to increase our revenues, 
whether it's comms or or or, or tours or um, yeah, pre-season tours or, or, or any of that kind of side and then sell really smart. You know, sell smart, sell at the right price and then reinvest that back in. And I think that's that's their kind of long-term vision. They go, they, you know, the only way they're going to try and get back to, the, the, only way, the only way they're going to sort of like emulate Liverpool is to do that either through the comms, you know, increasing their, generating more in their comms, tours and whatnot and then buying and selling smart. Mm. What we need is a thoroughly overrated footballer yeah. that we can get rid of for and be like, yeah, million. for 160 yeah. million quid, and be like, how on earth has anybody paid that yeah. for for this player? Basically, because that's what Coutinho. It feels like yeah. that Coutinho has effectively transformed yeah. Liverpool yeah. because you know they had money, they've always spent money, but not to the scales that they've spent it. But if we look at when Liverpool sold Coutinho you're absolutely right Chris that it ended up being the best thing that could have happened to them but at the point where they did it that was really really frightening for Liverpool fans Jurgen Klopp was confident but actually yeah because as a fan you have no way of knowing that you're going to get Mohamed Salah for under 50 million quid and he's going to win consecutive golden boots you have no way of knowing that Sadio Mane is going to become a star you have no way of knowing that Firmino is going to be the perfect man to link it all together that's an awful lot of faith to put in the recruitment side of things. If you as an Arsenal fan were offered, okay, I'm going to sell a Bamiyang and Lacazette this summer and you can reinvest the money you get from them in the whole squad, would you be confident that the net return would be a better Arsenal team? I don't know, but I tell you what, they're 100% behind Klopp. Yes, <laughs> you know and that's part of it. And Look at Pochettino yeah. as well. Yeah, and they had belief that you know whatever the plan was, he was the right man to see it through. Obviously, a lot ran through Coutinho, changed it. I think he needed to get rid of Coutinho to change it up and play more his way. I think it was a perfect storm that those three those three front players can play together the way they do, you know. And it's you know it's a luck of the draw. But I think the manager, if you've got somebody a totem um, at the head of the show that you have hundred percent belief in, which those Liverpool fans do, and also they got a really good um, director of football. Who, um, who, 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 his team are fantastic at identifying and getting players and selling players as well. If you've got that kind of combination, that structure, you go places. You go places. The question now for Arsenal fans is whether Unai Emery is a man they can have total. This is love sport. Total faith in, and I suspect he might not be. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and J- Giles James. Giles Aniam of Gunners Town. James Giles Town. James Giles. That's got, a, that's got a ring to it, mm. Giles. And what with England or Britain, I should say, finishing rock bottom of Eurovision and, of course, Brexit, you'd be forgiven for thinking that we're not that popular on the continent but in footballing terms that couldn't be further from the truth all of these elite european clubs seem to want british youngsters or at the very least youngsters from british clubs and now arsenal are having to deal with the super clubs of europe trying to poach their young talent where has this come from is it not uh, giles you'll probably know this more than me but did we not win the world cup the under was it the under 18 under, under 20s under, under 20s under 17s yeah. and under 17s so w- winning breeds interest mm. from the continental you know from european clubs so i suspect there's an element of a lot of teams have taken a notice of some of those players that are winning those competitions you think about everyone talks about what happened with germany 
when mm. you know they then went on all of that young group of players that Ozil won the, and yeah, Neuer, all, yeah they all won the under 20 and then mm. went on to win a world cup sort of mm. four six whatever it is years later maybe that that's the same thing's happening people are looking at the teams are looking at that and saying i tell you what we'll have some of those I, players i think you're right i think yeah, apparently a lot of clubs come over to england now they come over to St George's Park to see how the the England setup is, the national setup is, and they come to clubs and they look at their youth academies, and um, yeah, they want the England they want the England stars because I, I was reading an article where um, these scouts are at a, a recent uh, under twenty ones game, and they had the lists. Uh, a lot of scouts from clubs were at this England under twenty one game, and they just said, "I'd love him, I'd love him, I'd love him," but we can't afford him, and the 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 the, the skill the skill and the, the maturity level. The difference between the England players and the, I think it's Hungary or whoever it was, Czechoslovakia, Czech Republic, was stark. But they knew they couldn't afford the English players. And that's what it is. The, the, a lot of continental clubs now have seen the English system, the way that we're bringing up these young players, is the way forward. And that's why they're going out to Germany. And that's why the French, I think, is it Josh Major at Sunderland is now at Bordeaux? Yep. You know, and they, you know, Monaco want, <coughs> Monaco and, and PSG now want... Um, is it a meet? You know, Ty- Tyrese John Jules, uh, one of our youngsters. Yeah. Um, they just want to poach England players, the English players. That's just how it is now. It's an arms race, and they see the English talent pool as one of the best in the world. And that's where I think if the English clubs are being smart, if we're being smart, the next step really has to be the sort of Spanish model of, okay, well, we'll let this guy go for a million quid or whatever it is, but we'll have a 10 million buyback yeah. in within the next three to four years. Because then if you, if this player explodes yeah. as a club you can say All right, we'll get him back for we'll get him back for 10 million when yeah. he's actually a 20 or 30 million pound footballer that's spot on and yeah. Real Madrid do that all the mm-hmm. time and quite often they don't even wait the three to four years they let Danny Carvajal go to Leverkusen they gave him one year and went nope we were wrong we'll have you back mm-hmm. and they let Mariano go to Lyon he tore it up and they went right you're coming back as well I think that's really interesting Mm -hmm. and I think it's a clever way of doing business because it's sort of like a more effective version of the loan market where okay you are gambling a little bit but the rewards can be great I remember when I saw Chris Willock leave Arsenal and go to Benfica he left in 2017 and I remember thinking at the time well that's a shame but if the club have let him go it's because he's not good enough It hadn't crossed my mind at any point, possibly because with no disrespect to Benfica, who are a big club, but going to a club in the Portuguese league, I was thinking it's not a case of us being gazumped. It's that they went, all right, Chris, if you want to go. Do you think we're still at this point where Arsenal are able to hold on to their players? And if they let someone go, it's a conscious choice on behalf of the club. Or could we actually see Arsenal's youngsters getting poached? Well, I think I don't know. I don't know about the Chris Willett situation. I think they wanted him to stay, but he was hell bent on going. Um, I don't know how well it's turned out because yeah, he's been to Barcelona. Well he's, he's not going to Benfica team, B. Is he? yeah, he's he's played, yeah, fifty-nine appearances for Benfica B. Bay, none for the first yeah. team. He is now twenty-one, yeah. so he's not a kid in football. sounds like a terms. Ryan Gould, doesn't it? Ryan Gould. Isn't Ryan it? Gould. There's yeah. a name. Sporting Lisbon. Now he's. I think he just played at Kilmarnock or something. He's going back to Sporting. But I mean, <clears throat> I think. They might have got it wrong. I don't know if they got it wrong there, but they definitely got it wrong with Gnabry and he's the casing point. And I think they redressed that. They started to, they obviously took note of that. And with Per Matasaka in the academy, they've got they've got all our good youngsters play, tied down and they're saying, right, we'll give you time out abroad. Reese Nelson, you go to Germany. Um, Smith Rowe, you go to Germany. You know, I'm sure next season, if Enketia um, was supposed to go out to Germany on loan, I think the, the, Per Matasaka's built in links 
and it's, there's a pathway for these boys to go out, get experience. And <clears throat> as I said in my tweet, you, it's, you know, you can't keep every kid. You just can't keep every kid at the club because not everyone's going to have that pathway. There will be one or two that you will let go. Man City, they let go of um, Sancho. Okay, he's a hundred million pound player. They let go of Braham Diaz, who's who's who looks like he's going to be in um, Zidane's plans next season at Madrid. These things happen. But the thing is, you want to hope that you keep the best ones. You know, that's the that's the key. Yeah. You, you know, across Europe, a lot of clubs they lose mm. some and, kids and not to a Gnabry. But yeah. with the Gnabry example, Chris, is where your point about the buyback clauses is just so relevant. You think, why didn't Arsenal... Because at the point where you are selling a player for a fee, for example, as City did with Sancho, you are in the driving seat in terms of those negotiations. Even if the player really wants to go, you are the selling club. You can, at the end of the day, put your foot down, right? Still, just about, even in the era of player power. Why didn't City go... All right, even if the buyback clause is 40 mil, we want a buyback clause. Why didn't Arsenal put one in when Nabry left? I think I think I always think of him as a as a humanist. He looks at the compassionate side and the boy wanted to go and Tony Pierce didn't do him any right and you know, it's probably best that he goes and I just want him to have a good career. He sounds like such a grumbly old man. I am, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> but is there an arrogance there as well? From not just Wenger, but bosses in general, where you go, you know what? I've made a judgment on this player when he's still a kid. I've decided he's not good enough. I am so good at working out who is good that it isn't conceivable that he might be good enough. And that's why the Arsenal hierarchy have, 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 have given the head coaches a much narrower responsibility. You're not allowed to now go out and make those decisions for kids. They've got an academy manager, director to make those decisions. You you can you you collaboree with them and you come to a shared an agreed an, an agreement and then you both you or you all the all parties make that decision. It's not one single point that makes that decision anymore, and that's that's got to be a good thing, you know. No, absolutely. And by the way, they even the great managers get this wrong. Guardiola was perfectly happy to let Sancho yeah. go and has said he's not coming back. And you think, well, is there an element of pride there, Pep? Because if I were in that position, I would be tempted to put my hands up and go. Turns out he's quite good at football. He, to be fair to Pep, though, he can say I just want to travel. Yeah. So he, and he's the world's best man. And also, um, I can look. I can spend six, fifty or sixty million quid finding a similar sort of. If you've got fifty or sixty million quid to spend on one player, you can probably find a similar sort of Sancho around. Yeah. Well, I mean, Sancho's it, figures are better than Mara's. And I think remember, remember what you got to remember is Man United let um, Pogba go for a packet of chips, didn't he? A packet of crisps. Yeah. They had to pay to spend eighty nine million. Yeah, spend eighty nine million <laughs> to get him back. Are available, but those clubs have the buying power if they want to to bring those players back. If they if they say, "What?" Man City probably don't feel that. They, I'm sure they must be thinking, "Oh, one that got away there." But you know, if they've got satellite clubs all over the world, I mean, their academy is probably the envy of the world. They'll probably have somebody coming through, and these another couple of players that are coming through. The they probably paid some some kid in London and his family to go up to Manchester. You know, to make the move. No, you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, of course, Sancho came from Watford yeah, originally. And, and it's part of the reason why they're being investigated by the UEFA. See, that's very interesting. I think there's another point here with these clubs, which is why don't they learn? Why don't they learn? Chelsea have got it wrong so many times. De Bruyne, error. Salah, error. Lukaku, arguably, error. The list goes on. After one of them, 
Just one. After Kevin De Bruyne, if I am Abramovich or whoever it is at Chelsea who makes those decisions, I am licking my wounds. And every time I sell a player who has been rated as in any way potentially better than Sunday league level, I am putting a buyback clause in if I can. I think that's the reason why they're trying to really have right two for nil to hang on to Hudson Odoi. Yeah. You know, I think Bayern Munich really want him and they're trying to they're trying all they can to keep hold of the boy. Um but yeah, they've 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 been burnt a few times. The thing is though, Chelsea's model is we want all the players. Yeah. Like let's have like two hundred thousand yeah. people in our on our books. Yeah. And when you've got numbers that massive, it's needle in a haystack, they probably would just they probably didn't even know that Lukaku was there half the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, he didn't really turn up. One potential solution to hold on to your young stars, whilst a little far-fetched, would just be to keep them hidden, to keep them completely out of sight from everyone. And how do you do that? You play your games behind closed doors. This is Love Sport. It's the Arsenal fan show on Love Sport Radio. And it's a funny point in the season to be an Arsenal player. Other clubs are on holiday. The season is over, but there's one more game left to play. And what a game it is. They're taking on Chelsea in an all-English Europa League final in Baku. Not just for that trophy, but of course for a place, in Arsenal's case, in the Champions League. So the players have to keep ticking over. They have to keep their fitness with no leagues to league games to play the solution is of course friendly matches and Giles I'm led to believe the Gunners have been getting involved in a few behind closed doors games yeah there was one um, this week this weekend should I say and Danny Welbeck scored a hat-trick in that there's another one against a team called LAS Linsk the Austrian team I think they finished second in the Austrian league they're playing them on Thursday Friday again it's just uh, I think it's probably to keep the players at a certain level you know, in terms of their, you know, making sure that their loads are at a certain level, they don't drop below that. And obviously, you know, if there's any chance, as we said earlier, if there's any chance of Danny Welbeck making the bench, then these these two games will um, help make that um, help Emery and his team come to a, a decision. The extra sort of places as well. If you've got twelve places on the bench, you know, it gives a few players mm. an opportunity to say, actually, I can. You know, I can make the squad of a Europa League final, even though they probably know that some of them won't play. Experience. Imagine being able to be yeah. able to be in that team that gets mm. to go to a Europa League final, being part of that squad. So looking at our conversation about hanging on to the kids is one way of incentivising them to stay at Arsenal, giving them that taste, just putting them on the bench, the likes of Saka or Amici, and just showing them what might be if they knuckle down and don't get their heads turned by the likes of Bayern Munich. Absolutely, but I mean, I think one of the reasons why some Arsenal fans aren't happy with Emery is because they think he's reneged on his promise of blooding more youngsters. And they probably were expecting to see more youngsters being blooded in the Europa League group games. Obviously, we went out early in the League Cup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's one thing, you know, you know, put him on the bench for a showpiece final. I'm sure they'll get, they'll love the taste. But next season, I think people will expect him to be a bit more committed Mm. to, you know, um, giving more of our youngsters a, a chance. I kind of agreed with his approach, though, with mm. the Europa League, because what he wanted to do was Win get it. all the points on the board yeah. with the group stages, get all the points on the board mm. first. So he did play stronger teams mm. towards the beginning of it, and then it gave us a bit of a buffer to then play some of the, the reserves or play some of the squad the players. Rubbers, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I kind of understand that, but... You know, if we lose this uh, and we're back into the Europa League next year, I think all Arsenal fans are probably getting a little bit fed up of it and we should probably just go all in for the the, the domestic qualification mm. for the Champions League. That's my view because, 
I don't know. I'm getting a bit sick of playing FC Minsk and <laughs> other teams like that. So Carabag. Is there a case for Arsenal? Of course, another fine Azerbaijani team there, Giles. Is there a case from an Arsenal perspective, whilst you want the players to still be sharp, to still be match fit and have their heads in the game, is there a case for a breather? Is there a case for saying, lads, have five days off, or even we're going to keep you together, but we're going to have a squad training camp read night out in Dubai or wherever it may be, just to let them get their hair down a little bit? I think they'll manage. Emery's done it three times, so he knows how to to manage this situation. And if he feels that a couple of behind the closed behind the closed doors games are a way to keep the boys' fitness levels at a certain um, uh, certain level, then that's fine. You know, because what you don't want to do is is you don't want to give them too much intensity because you know you might break them down, but you don't want it to be too low neither. And so obviously you want to keep your first fourteen at that higher peak and then the rest at a certain another peak level and that's and that's what he's going to be him and his team are going to be doing now if you were in charge would you give them a few days off I think you give them a few days off. I think. I think. Get on the beers, lads. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. let's go to Tbilisi. We're here. It's lovely that time of year. Yeah, let's start no, walking, and we'll have a beer a day, and we'll get to the final on time. Yeah. I think as the season closed after the Burnley game, he probably said, "Right, go on. Don't get too mad, but you know, um, have a few days off. Have a share, but yeah, Wednesday <laughs> we're back at it. You know, we start. You know, so last Wednesday would have been. You know, they would have been back at it and." Working their way up to a, a, a sort of a, a peak fitness, or you know, it's all about equi- loading and equilibriums and whatnot. He so. said, um, he said post the Burnley game that he was going they're going to treat it like a international break, like didn't he? Because he, I think during the international breaks, you have you know, you just Carl Jenkinson Saturday training then, on his own, yeah. <laughs> 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 but international breaks, and then you've got the 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 Saturday Sunday and then the following week they start mm. and it's a little bit longer than that because I think mm. it was two and a half weeks, two and a half weeks yeah. but it's the right approach it's you've got to keep the guy I think the players are sensible and enough they'll have the game done? faces actually on. you know what he's done if we played yesterday it's a Sunday Thursday so it's kind of like he's, he's played Keeping yesterday ticking over. yeah and he's going to play again on Thursday against this Austrian team so it's kind of you know it, it, it's almost like he's trying to mirror a league season or domestic, or, you know, uh, yeah, a, a league season. Mm. So very, very cleverly mm. handled. I'm interested by this partying, have a few beers suggestion because whilst we are joking, this is an old conversation, isn't it? It was one that came to the fore with reference to Arsenal at the beginning of the season, mm. with those, of course, unconfirmed and profoundly denied allegations that were levelled at Arsenal. That, with some papers, I think the front page of the Sun alleging that they'd been taking nitrous oxide and having a few beers or what have you. Obviously, whether or not that was true, you don't want your players to be going mad. But at the same time, they're human beings. They need to unwind. If there was to be a squad end of season night out before the final, not the day before or the week before, but if they were to go out to a club and have a few drinks, Giles, you're shaking your head. head Is that something you can't ever... No, no. You've got a final to look forward to. In a fortnight? No, absolutely not. Let your hair down, have some time with your friends, your family, but don't go full on with those happy balloons or whatever, happy crack, whatever they call it. Which, of course, was absolutely denied by everyone at the club. Yeah, yeah, you know, but, um, you know, go out, you know, I think Mesut Ozil went back to, I think he's gone to Turkey to meet the president. He's just playing Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's in Turkey, isn't he? He's meeting President Erdogan again. Is he meeting Erdogan? Yeah. So, you know, you have your political career, obviously, when after he retires. Yeah, so you're having your dime time. I think that, I think Iwobi and, 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 um, 
And one of the players were pictured with Chubarakpom somewhere, you know. <laughs> Greece. Yeah. Chubarakpom, by the way, scored yeah. an overhead kick Absolutely, in the Greek yeah. Cup final. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. Did they and win? Won it. Yeah. They won it. And nice. he broke down. He was talking about his journey and you know how difficult it was for him. And fair play to him. Yeah, in fluent yeah. Greek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, so look, you can let your hair down, but all things within reason. The, the beer culture, nah, that's not football. That's not football anymore. Not one, Chris. I don't have. We know your Giles wife's only, listening. Charles so only be does. Charles only does uh, ginger ale. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, me personally, I'd say go for it. Would you? What, the, uh, Even as an Arsenal fan, yeah. it doesn't bother you. Not when there's two weeks. Not when, like you said, not depends when how bad weeks. the hangover is. Yeah, I mean, blimey, that's one heck of a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> it's right, taking so you two weeks. <laughs> the message seems to be relax a bit. But there is a final, and they will know this, right? Mm. It's not just the fact that they're professionals. They want to win. We question the mentality of this Arsenal side a lot, but they're not messing around. Mm. They want silverware. They want to win a European Cup. They want to qualify for the big one, the Champions League. And all the fans want is to be able to get there. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Giles Aniam of Gunnerstown. And we were talking at the beginning of the show how despite the outrage that Arsenal have only been given 6,000 tickets for that Europa League final in Baku, they're actually struggling to shift them. Current rumours suggest that the club have only sold 3,000. We're hearing that Chelsea are really struggling selling under 1,000 so far. But one of those intrepid 3,000 is a member of the Arsenal fan show. It is, of course, Charlie East, AFC Charlie, who joins us on the line now. Good evening, Charlie. Firstly, how on earth, why on earth did you decide to brave the 43 trains or 27 hours of driving to get you to Baku? <laughs> Good evening, guys. How are you all? All right, Charlie. Uh, Hello, mate. I'm actually flying direct, so uh, I'm, I'm on a six-hour flight. How do you swing that? Uh, I've Friends paid in a lot of money for powerful it, places. But, yeah, no, I've paid a lot of money for it, but uh, 1100 £150. Just for the flight? Just for flight. I hope that yeah. gets you back as well, mate. Yeah, it gets me back as well. It's a nice flight time. Go out morning before the game and then come back the evening, day after the game. So two nights in lovely Baku. Which is the weather at the moment, 29 degrees. So I'll bring my swimming trunks. <laughs> jealous, mate. Very, very jealous. I saw jealous. you in your pins when we was out in Valencia, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think, I mean, not many people are going. Um, to my, my reason behind going, obviously, everyone's situation is different. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I've seen Arsenal play in two European Cup finals. Uh, I go every game home and away. I just thought, I've been to Huddersfield, I've been to Burns, I've been to Blackpools. Why not Baku? Why not go into the big one, do you know what I mean? So, it's on the credit cards, and uh, no, I'll worry about it later, one of those ones. <laughs> do you not, Charlie, it's Chris, do you not, um, is there not part of it that you, you had to wrestle with it in your mind in terms of, because no, it must have no. cost more than the season ticket that you got. Yeah, no, it, it has, and, and if I'm totally honest with you, I was fully expecting going anyway, and I was I was always thinking. I was looking at flights since since we got Rens, really mm. thinking that we'd get there, and and I've been putting away a bit of money on the anticipation that we would be going. So that was my reason behind it. And I mean, I understand everyone. It is it is ludicrous. It is, it is absolutely ludicrous that we've got to go all the way over there. Obviously, UEFA doesn't know that it's going to be two London clubs before the tournament starts. Um, just happened to turn out that way, but it's. It's one that if people can do it, they can do it. But 
I spoke to someone today in the box office saying they get a lot of returns on tickets as well at the minute. People can't get the travel, so they bought the tickets on the hoping they'd be able to get something. Um, but lots of people are actually returning tickets now, and the club are giving their money back um, if people can't get the travel. But I, do, I do find it, I don't know what you guys think, that we're sponsored by Emirates. It's terrible, isn't it, yeah. You'd like to think that they would maybe sort of say, you know, done a, any of us have done a, a, a flight at cost. Mm. Like, I think people would appreciate something like that, wouldn't they? They would. They would have. And, it's, it, and that's why, uh, you know, really quite disappointed with the club. I mean, OK, OK, they've said that they've gone to uh, UEFA and asked why, you know, they put it here and there. But if they really, really cared about the fans, they'd, you know, they'd do a hell of a lot more in trying to get more fans over there. Like we said, I mean, I think we've only taken up half the allocation right now. Is that right? Is that what you heard, Charlie? Yeah, no, yeah, supposedly, yeah, 3,000, I think, yeah. mine. And a lot of people get um, refused visas as well. So that, was a, that was a bit of a, a hassle as well, to be fair. We've got a and Chelsea it's... fan in the office who is going to Baku, and he's just yeah. been refused a visa on grounds that his passport photo isn't clear enough. And he really? was saying today, well... It's good enough for my passport, so why is it not good enough for the Azerbaijani embassy? To, to, to be fair, I mean, I, I applied for mine. I got, I got the visa back in like sort of, I say, an hour and a half. So it was it's because of your simple. reputation, Charlie. They know, <laughs> course, they know you're a good bloke. Exactly. That. I think that was the exact reason. To be fair. But I, it's, it's, it's one of those ones. I mean, like. I'm in a fortunate position at the moment. I, I could do it. It's, the game is actually on the night of my birthday, so there's not oh. hope in hell I'm missing it. <laughs> <laughs> they better win it for um, you. So I'm hoping we can go out there and do the business. Um, I, mean, I do feel it is ludicrous, and, and, and I, what I am slightly worried about is I think the ground's going to be empty. Mm. Um, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, I think 60,000. I just cannot see how it's going to be full up. It, it's, it's not, is it? And I think that will be a shame. We might have like a pre-season friendly feel yeah. about it, which which would be a massive shame because especially for us, it's our biggest game since Champions League final, mm. by country mile. So you want it to be full up and, and Chelsea's as well since their cup final, uh, Champions League final. So unfortunately, it, it is going to leave a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. But, it's so important for us now, though, guys, isn't it? With yeah. the way the season's ended up, it, it's literally, as we said, back or bust. Is, Char- we've got to go and win. Charlie, how many... You mean, you're obviously chatting to loads of guys that are making their own ways. I mean, wh- what kind of fantastic, sensational routes have you heard so far? I mean, I've heard of people going to Tehran, oh, going to Tehran, to, Tehran and, to Tbilisi, yeah. to get the night train down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know someone flying to Sofia, and then Sofia down to Baku, but then their flight. I know someone else who's flying into Istanbul, mm. and the flight's been cancelled from Istanbul to Baku, and they can't get another one. So now Jeez. they've lost their money on oh, the wow. London to Istanbul flight. I hope they like Turkey. Yeah, yeah, and Turkey trying to find Turkey. I know lots of people going via Kiev. Um, it's, but guys, you know, football fans are a very, yeah. very strange creatures. People always find a way, invariably, to get there, don't they, if they can. Obviously, it's, it's costing a lot of money. It is, and it, it, it generally is. And obviously, I probably, I probably haven't got the money at the moment, but I've just sacrificed and I'll sort of worry about it later. <laughs> right. Hopefully, it's all worth it. Hopefully, it is. And it's on your birthday. We need that win. We need the win, of course, for you on your day as well. As well. Stay with us, Charlie, because I've got a couple more questions for you on how you chose your route. This is Love Sport. 
It's the Arsenal Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. You're with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Howard and Giles Aniam of Gunners Town. And we've also got AFC Charlie on the line, who is one of the intrepid 3,000 Gooners who is going to Baku for that Europa League final. He's found a way and he's found a fairly clever way. Charlie, you're paying through the nose for it, but you have managed to find direct flights to and from Baku. It's a pretty good deal. But if you hadn't been able to do that, if you hadn't been able to find that flight, would you still have gone? And if you would have still gone, which of the fairly complex options for getting to Azerbaijan would you have taken? I mean, I was, to be fair, since we beat Napoli, I was looking at routes every day virtually and seeing the prices go up as the days went on. The route I probably would have taken was flying to Istanbul on the Monday night, um, since bank holiday. And it was a flight out on uh, a fairly big airline going to Baku Tuesday morning, and then coming back was Tuesday uh, Thursday night and coming back to London on Friday. So it's actually been away the whole week, and that still worked out about six hundred odd quid. Mm. So it was quite a, um, after the faffing about. I know it is a bit more money, but I just thought to myself, I just, it's all well and good going out. There's a good adventure. If you suddenly get beat and you've got to do like a two-day trip home, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's horrible. A long way back. It's so at least I thought maybe direct, and I know it's a bit, bit more money, but I'm not got to worry about. It. And, and the plane I'm on as well is actually an Arsenal plane. It's Arsenal fans only. How many people are on the plane, Charlie? If you don't mind me asking, three hundred odd. So I've heard. Wow, this there's is three hundred odds. It, it's a, I'm not going to mention the name, but it's a. A company that do lots of flights for football yeah. clubs. Yeah. And, but this wasn't around. arranged by or through the club. It no. was Arsenal no, fans. No, this, is a, this is a, a private Sorry, company. No, they, no. they they do they do lots of like doing trips to that. Joshua Fire and they do sport events and mm. they're doing lots of flights for the Champions League final for Liverpool and Tottenham and so on. So they've done an Arsenal trip and they also done a Chelsea trip yeah, and a mixed trip. And I don't think the Chelsea one's gone out, but the the the, the, the mixed one has still gone. It's majority Arsenal so here. Now, Charlie, if private companies and individual Arsenal fans can sort direct travel to Baku, why can't the club do that? Why can't the club help out and make it easier for their supporters to go and help the team? Because that's good news for Arsenal anyway. The more fans in that stadium, the more support the boys will have. No, I'm quite bewildered that they haven't done that. And Chelsea as well. These clubs turn over millions and millions of pounds. And they're quick to have a have a go at UA for about the ticket allocation, which which they're right to do, which I agree. But why are they not doing more for the fans? I mean, like, and, and Arsenal as well. Another cheeky thing they've done at the moment, they haven't given us our season ticket renewal price yet. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're waiting to see if we're in Champions League for next year or not. And you can guarantee there's going to be a good 300 quid difference between Champions League or Europa League. Mm. You know there is. And yeah. they're going to send you your, your renewal on the 1st of June. They'll probably say, hey, we need it back on the 5th of June. And... It's just a little bit out of touch for the fans. And I know Arsenal have come out with a big statement against Schaefer. And, but it is, they could do more. They can do. And I think the club being a bit, I'm a bit disappointed by the club that they've not done more, really. Because I know it's responsible by Emirates, a lot of people saying that. And, and we are, but not even that. Just charter some other planes. So these other companies seem to have done it. They've got three flights going to Baku. Yeah. Why can't Arsenal do it? 
it's 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 frustrating. It's really frustrating, and it's not like there isn't enough airfields that are around the southeast that couldn't be you could find. I mean, you know, for the, some of the more um, well-known airports, the Stansteads, the Heathrows, you could maybe understand because you know they have flights going out. I mean, I live yeah. near Heathrow; they have flights going out every thirty seconds, so you can understand. Well, where are we going to fit in these extra hundred planes? But you've got places like Northolt. You've got so many South different End. South End. There are so many different areas which probably have capacity and it just doesn't feel like enough people have given enough i think baku airport have tried to have a bit of a sound it as well mm. which is another ridiculous yeah. decision about even holding it at the venue yeah they can only have a certain amount so, so my, my friend who runs the company who i've got on this flight with i asked him about my baggage allowance and he said oh no i'm in hand luggage because we've been told there's literally like the timings and getting the slot we've got i can't really argue it that we can't have no uh, luggage underneath because of the timings We've got to get land straight off the plane. Are you going on a magic carpet? <laughs> <laughs> I think they said no, that it's a fifth. I think the, the airport can only take about ten to fifteen thousand people. Yeah, and they're saying about with baggage as well. Yeah, that's, that's farcical. Conditions yeah. getting the slot. Yeah, it's crazy. So where? Are, so, so here's my thing. Where is the? Where are the? Um, the, the checkpoints that UEFA make to say, right, let's look at what the uh, suitable uh, locations are for a venue. Right, how many seats are there in the stadium? But they don't Does care. It do have they? The infrastructure? They, can't, they can't care because yeah. if they have these checklists and they're looking at it, they wouldn't do this mm. because I'm, I'm not even coming from the ignorant English perspective of, oh, well, it's two London clubs, so let's play it at yeah, Wembley. No. But I am looking and I'm more than happy to have it played in Azerbaijan. If it can be done, I mean, there, there's, be, a, yeah, there's a broader conversation, really, by the way, yeah. about their human rights record. Yeah. But at the point, don't tell me, as you're suggesting, Chris, that UEFA haven't looked at this airport and haven't gone, oh, I tell you what, it's not exactly Terminal 5, is it? Yeah. Like, no. Make your decisions and, based and, on the fans. It's the not complicated. Is, and the thing is, I think, uh, sorry, Charlie, sorry. Uh, the thing is, infrastructure I don't think it's I don't think it's UEFA's, I don't think it's UEFA's um, responsibility to, to make sure that the airport. There's enough people to go through it. I think it's, that's be that, no, that, that should be that should be Azerbaijan. They were awarded the the venue, the location, and they should. Because when you when you look at the Olympic, when people are, when cities are awarded Olympics five seven years in advance, they make all the plans. They make sure the infrastructure is correct, hotels, the Olympic Village, blah blah, transport, security. You know that should have been as and Azerbaijan aren't a poor country. They're oil yeah, but, rich. Yeah, but yeah, but then UEFA should have done their due diligence. They should have done their due diligence and, and looked at it. You know, and, and, but how do we know? I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. How do we know Azerbaijan didn't say, "Yeah, we'll get all that sorted"? Yeah, but, no, but, but that's UEFA's so, job, right? You got you got to think as well regarding UEFA. So I know that, and I, as you just said there, Johnny, I'm I'm not one of these people that think, "Oh, every cup final should be in Paris. Every cup final should be." Amazon. I mean, I, I do agree. I, branch out of it and make and I like it but the fact as a football fan who goes to places I like going to new places some of the places I've been in my life without Arsenal I've never been there so I, I get that but I supposedly didn't Seville it was between Seville and, and Baku between the last two well, um, Seville's the next last one. two host cities I think for this G- final I think Gdansk is next year and then the Gdansk following is, and I've been to Gdansk last year yeah. the England game and then, for, then for, the following go to Russia follow- and then what a beautiful place that is easy yeah. to get to it's lovely Cheap to get to. You can get there by train, can't you, Charlie? Yeah, I know. Even so, let's get started. So anywhere in mainland Europe, you can always find a way within within a reason. Yeah, it makes it accessible. Even all these Tottenham fans saying, "Oh, Madrid is dear." A lot of them are flying to Gibraltar, driving down, and we're getting a train. There's ways around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 
this is not. It, it's, 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 yes, inaccessible. It, it's, it, I've read something the other day that as a uh, Baku, it's closer to Mumbai than yeah. it is London. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. crazy. How long would it take if you went via Mumbai, Charlie? <laughs> Did you consider that option? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I know someone actually going via Oman. And no, Dubai. you don't. I do, yeah. You yeah. actually? Yeah, 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 someone I know is going through Oman. Uh, they're flying to Oman. They've got a three-hour layover, and it's an hour and a half flight from Oman. Yeah, I know someone's going via uh, Dubai. Yeah, a couple yeah. of Dubai. That's, yeah. That was a very dear route, though. Yeah. Dubai. Dubai, yeah. One of the marks. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, as I said, it, is a, it has been a big mm. headache, and I'm sure that we all agree, everyone in that room, obviously everyone has a, has a bit of wind jump about, obviously, getting a, as long as we win, that's the most important thing. Yeah. We yes. have to win mm. the streak. Yes. have to win. Yeah. And I think with the Chelsea side at the moment, with a couple of injuries they've got, Loftus-Cheek is, is a massive plus for us. He's been their best player lately. I, I generally think we've got such a good opportunity to go win this competition. And the Giles, I know we spoke about weeks before that Emery will probably be judging his first season by... And, and you're right that people are going to think about the poor running we had towards the end of the season. Yeah. But if he goes and win a European trophy in his first season, yeah. for me, that's fantastic. And, and then he can build on next season. Mm. Champions League, we've got, I, know, I know for a fact that the club have got a list of transfer targets, which they've spoken to a lot of them already, and it's a Champions League list, a Europa League list. Yeah. So it's important that we got we got some players that have verbally agreed to come to us, but we have to be in Champions League. Yeah. Sorry, Charlie, are you saying there are players who have already potentially yeah, agreed? Yeah, they're in talks with certain players, and obviously Champions League is a big thing. So let's hope we get it. Interesting stuff. I've just got to ask you finally, mate. Do you think that UEFA care about football fans? No, not at all. I don't. I think I'm sure somewhere in UEFA has had a large deposit in their bank account just to be in Baku. That, of course, would be denied by everyone at UEFA (laughs) and Azerbaijan. And I'm sure these are all unconfirmed suggestions that I'm sure aren't (laughs) the case. But if I gave you an opportunity to talk openly and politely, broadly, to UEFA about how you feel about how they've handled this final, what would you say? I would say to them, I would obviously say, I would say, I would just talk to them, say, what are your reasons behind... But obviously, why you have it there, and I understand they're going to come back with saying, we want to go to new venues, or take football around the whole of Europe. But then, then you've got to answer the question, sort of, did you look at the flights that can come in? How many people do you expect? So you've got a 60,000 capacity stadium, you've got 6,000 per, per sets of supporters. Where are the rest of the tickets getting distributed to? First of all, where are the rest are those 48,000? Who are getting those? And as I say, 20,000 locals, that's fine. Where are the rest of the 20,000? And then, and then you can sort of work out. Because I guarantee, even UEFA delegates are not going to be going because they can't get the flights. I see a UEFA competition the other day. It said, win Europa League tickets. Hmm. And in the small print, it says, oh, by the way, you have to find your own travel and accommodation. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't even give their own yeah. competition. This is on the UEFA website. They cannot give away tickets to competition without including travel. And that's and that's why I reckon Charlie the 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 backlash of this this next season. I mean, if this if this final goes ahead and it's half empty or you know there's swathes of empty seats, sponsors potential sponsors next season aren't going to want to go and sponsor that game in Gdansk. I mean, it's no good to oh, us okay. Arsenal and Chelsea fans because you know um, you know it's happening now, but you know it's not well, good for them going. So you for are a little bit lucky that to be fair, they're a little bit fortunate that is Arsenal Chelsea. Yeah, because the, around Europe, people are going to want to watch that. Yeah. No disrespect to other teams. If I was going to have a Frankfurt Valencia, no disrespect to any Frankfurt Valencia fans. 
has that got a big pull for the rest of Europe? No. Really? No. Nope. Obviously, we were all watching because it's your own league. But the, but the week of where you've got Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, the Premier League's the most popular, biggest league in the world. So it's got a world pull. Frankfurt, Valencia hasn't got... So the Europa and Europa are quite fortunate. I think that is Arsenal, Chelsea. Mm. Just to sort of the fact that there's going to be a, mm. a quite a big gap, and there's a few stories behind it. Hazard's last game for Chelsea, Czech's last game for Arsenal, things like that. Ramsey's going to go out there being sort of in the fans. So and, and there's the, little stories yeah. behind it. And the English dominance of Europe, yeah. So. The English dominance of Europe, yes, which I'm sure the rest of Europe don't like. It's probably what I do on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, it's going to be a fantastic week, and it's been fantastic talking to you. Thanks ever so much for joining us. Charlie Good East man, Charlie. there, AFC Charlie, who is normally of the Arsenal fan show on Love Sport Radio and will be back with us very, very soon. We've talked about the travel, we've talked about the logistics, but coming up, how are we feeling about the actual game? You're listening to the Arsenal fan show here on Love Sport Radio, and Amongst all of this talk of our fury, our concern about the difficulty for not just Arsenal fans, but Chelsea fans as well, trying to get to Baku for that Europa League final. Easy to forget that there is an actual game of football that's going to go on as well in Azerbaijan. And lads, how are you feeling about it? Nervous. You said terrified a minute ago. I'm I'm terrified, I'm nervous, but I'm also worried because I'm not sure, and we said about this in the back, I'm not sure that we've got the same personnel that can dominate Chelsea. Um, I'm looking at the result, the 2-0 result, Mm. the team that played, and uh, Emery went with a diamond um, four, well, four, one, two, one, two. Um, Aaron Ramsey right in the centre of that. And he's been pivotal, and you can just if, if Aaron. It feels like if Aaron Ramsey was in the team this week, this coming game, I'd be feeling a lot more confident. Because yeah. he just disrupted Jorginho. He took he, he took the game away from Jorginho, um, and also was a, a, a an asset in going forward offensively. We've got Ozil in that position. Probably it'll probably be Ozil. Whether he plays a diamond four or three at the back again, it's going to be Ozil um, supporting the two attackers, and he's peripheral. He's a peripheral influence now. Um, and through the latter stages of this Europa League chat campaign, it's been the front two that have dragged us through to this final. Yeah. And my worry is they get isolated. There's been teams, yeah. there's been t- games this season where if they're isolated, we've looked very, very yeah. average. And yeah. that's my really big worry about this game. If Chelsea press us, if they have more than ball, more of the ball than us, if they push us further and put us under more pressure... Have we got that link player? Is Ozil capable on his form, on his current form? He's capable on his current form. Is he capable of dictating this game? You've just got to hope it's a showcase final. It's a showpiece final. He's up for it. He wants to show the world that he's still got it, you know, and and he comes to the party. I mean, with him in the team, you kind of lose, you you lose that defensive, you lose one defensive um, action because you're kind of carrying him defensively. but you're just hoping that where he can dominate is with his with his is 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 his, his on the ball skills and his off the ball skills running into space and finding space for others. That's what you want him to do. That's what I was hoping to see at Valencia. That's what I didn't see at Valencia, mm. and I was quite disappointed. Talking about that concerning possibility of the Arsenal front two finding themselves isolated against Chelsea. Assuming or imagining that Unai Emery does go for that 4-3-1-2. Let's imagine that Arsenal find themselves 1-0 down, 60 minutes in, and they're struggling to bring Aubameyang and Lacazette into the game. What's the solution? 
If you're Unai Emery, what tactical tweak do you make? Maybe you don't need a tactical tweak. Maybe a player has to do something different. But how do you involve them? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a three at the back and pushes, the, will. pushes the two wing backs forward to make that so kind you of attack. So you bomb Kalasinak and make the Niles in? Yeah. And to sort of like make that kind of uh, more uh, attacking efficiency. That's what he likes to do. He, pref- he says that a three at the back can be offensive if you play it correctly. So I wouldn't be surprised. if it, Maybe he starts with three at the back and switches to a four. Or he starts with a four and switches to three. Who knows? But yeah, um, he, he'll have, he's not got a lot of options on the bench, to be honest with you. This That's is the problem. Thing. I think if everyone was fit, do you think he would go, he would go, go with that formation that we played at home where it was you know, the diamond? I, I, thought or... he, I thought he would have at certain points before and he's gone three at the back. And I'm like, I didn't understand that. And then against Tottenham, I thought he'd go three at the back. He went and played four centre-halves yeah. and nearly won the game. Yeah, you know, so um, it's it's difficult to know what kind of team he's going to put out there. But um, you know, the good thing is they they're equally as, as damaged as us in terms of injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the kid uh, Loftus Cheek is out, yeah. Hudson Odoi is out. Yeah, there's a question marks about Conte. Oh, is there? Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, so that would be a big blow, that and that would be a big, a big exactly. plus for us if Conte. So I got feeling he's probably going to make it, but um, if he's out, then that's that's their their midfield isn't as strong as. It could be, mm-hmm. you know. Very true. One potential subplot for this final is that it could and probably will be Aiden Hazard's last ever game in a Chelsea shirt. He is a man who likes the big occasion. He's a man who wants to be remembered, who wants to leave a legacy. Are you concerned as Arsenal fans that we might see, even in terms of Hazard's normal brilliance, a really elevated performance because he's going to want to put on a show and say thank you to all of those Chelsea fans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Jorginho is nullified or isn't having his game, he's going to drag that. He's going to try and drag that team to a win. And I worry that Maitland-Niles will have quite a game, quite a torrid game because um, they'll be channeling that his, his section. And what I saw at, at Valencia is it took a little while for Emery to realise that that boy needed help mm. against Gwedish. Um, Hazard's a level or two above Gwedish and he'll be looking to exploit um, uh, Maitland-Niles and we've got to do something to combat that whether it's pushing uh, Torreira out wide which would make sense if you're playing a 4-3-3 push Torreira on the right, r- wide right-hand side or make um, Aubameyang do the kind of the doggies up and down which he did really well Yeah, and I think our front two are going to have to double up in terms of duties yeah. again if we've got any chance of winning this game because Hazard's going to be on his game. He's going to be He's going to be on And fire. he does love playing. I mean, he's had some very good performances yeah. against us. Do you remember he left Koscielny on his backside? I don't want to talk about that goal. Yeah, I remember Spon Coquelin, didn't he? Yeah, yeah it's the Coquelin. It's yeah. not even the Koscielny yeah. fall. No. It's the Coquelin yeah. fall in midfield yeah. that I still yeah. see in my sleep. Yeah. yeah, that was not nice. But that's happened. He's done that. He's done that to us a few times. Yeah. He's always popping up. I feel like even when he's not been fully fit and he's played us, he's still had an impact. Yeah. He's... You know, apart from the home game um, this uh, this yeah. year where we beat them 2-0, um, he's he's had an impact in every single one of the last three or four matches against us. Yeah, I mean, so I think he will, I would suggest, yeah. I, I would guess that he will have an impact. He will probably score. We will need to get two or three, yeah. probably about six knowing Arsenal. <laughs> that, that's about the same number of trains, of course, the fans will have to get <laughs> to get there. In terms of Arsenal then, who has the potential to become a real hero in Baku? The, the front two. Yeah. Only the front two? They're the, the, most, the most likely heroes yeah. because they're the star quality players that we've got. Yeah. And they come they they come to the party. You know, they're ready. 
that you slightly like have this look between them, like, well, okay, well, we're gonna have to sort this out ourselves here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's what and that's what they've done recently. They've just looked at each other and been like, okay, let's just drag this look through. If they're not gonna do it, we're we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does feel a little bit like that because yeah. you know you look at the players and you look at Urzu, he's not really in form at the moment. Torreira is he that sort of player? Then you've got what. Um, if Ganduzi plays, you you know, is he that sort of player? Not really. You know, young player, he's tailed off again this season. Um, Xhaka, you know, what's he? He's not. We haven't got I, any. Not, that's why we need. I mean, we've talking about transfers already, but that's why we need Mavericks. Mm. How much mm. more confident would you be talking of Mavericks with a fit Aaron Ramsey in that squad? Hundred percent more confident. Double as confident. I would. Yeah. I would absolutely be. Yeah. Yeah. Because even even the Napoli game, uh, the Napoli away game, for until he went off injured. You could tell that he was finding spaces, yeah. he was closing, he was energetic, and that yeah. was setting the tone for the rest of yeah. the players in the team. Yeah. Without that, who is setting the tone yeah. for the game? Who yeah. is setting our pace yeah. as a team? Yeah, setting the tempo. There's no one else. I just hope that um, Czech has a great game because it's his final game for Arsenal against Chelsea. He'll want to go out as a winner. Imagine yeah. that if Czech wins a Europa League final on penalties against <laughs> Chelsea in what is potentially his final game as a player at all. Well, it if is, we go to penalties, then we are screwed because yeah. he's penalty. Penalty record is atrocious. <laughs> That's very, very true. Um, yeah, no. So it'd be good to see him go out on a, on a high as well. Um, but yeah, we just need it because if we don't get Champions, as, 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 as Charlie said, if we don't get Champions League, we've got a Europa League list of players, and you know we don't want to pay in it. And that was a third season in. Mm. You know, in these damaging financially, yeah. damaging in terms of the the, uh, the, the brand, reputation and the, the brand yeah. of the club, everything. Yeah. yeah. The one positive. And there is probably more than one, but a major positive for Arsenal going into this game is that actually they've been quite good against Chelsea in cup finals of late. Mm. Yeah, I think it's only the 2007 League Cup final that we've lost of recent. We beat them in 2017 in the cup final. Yep. We, um... Which I wasn't expecting that <laughs> in the slightest. I remember being in the uh, pub beforehand <laughs> saying to everyone that would listen, oh, no, nah, that's it, we're going to get done, we're going to get done. It's my self-defence mechanism. <laughs> yeah. Um, and holding was brilliant that game yeah. against um, a, uh, Diego Costa. But yeah, we've, we've generally had a really good record against them in, in, in cut finals. I think 2001, was it? It's only Ray Parler. Remember? Yeah. That was yeah. Tim Lovejoy. Yeah. You know, so um, no, we've had a really good record against them and hopefully long may it continue. Is it going to continue in Baku? That is the big question. Yes. I want to say yes. You know, there's there's little things like, you know, Unai Emery's reputation. Um, the fact that one of the things he has been good at this season is setting up the te- our team against the bigger teams. Mm. He has known how to do that. He's fallen away with some of the lesser games, mm. if you like. And also, when Mr. USB has himself uh, a week or two to prep for something, you know, he's he's got enough time mm. to practice, you know, to, to, to look at every inch of detail of mm. Chelsea. So those are the things in our favour. The things that aren't in our favour are that we've not been great in European Cup finals. Mm. Um, broadly yeah. speaking, yeah. in our history, mm. um, Chelsea—I don't know—they do, they don't have very much. It feels like they don't have that much to play for. They do have a cup finals to play for, but they've already it's won more the pressure Europa on us, League. isn't there? Yeah, they, they've already won the Europa yeah. League a few seasons ago. They won the Champions League a They're few seasons Champions ago. League. They're already in the Champions yeah. League. Exactly, they finished third. Yeah. You know, for Chelsea, it's you know, it, if they lose, it's going to be you know horrible for their fans and the players but they'll be like well we're in Champions League next season so you know onward whereas if Arsenal lose if Arsenal lose it's going to feel like the whole world is just going to swallow us up stakes are much higher for us aren't they much higher Arsenal do have 
the most successful coach in the history of this competition. How important is Unai Emery's expertise going to be? Well, that's one of the reasons why we employed him. Yeah. And he, <laughs> was, and he said that, you know, he, they said, this is his comfort zone. This is his competition. He felt very, very, he was very, very clear about this. This is the competition he wanted to win. He's been very clear about the kind of, the way that he sets us up. It was only the Wrens game, really, the first leg, where we, when Socrates went off, that we kind of, you know, came a cropper. But generally, you know, in the knockout competition, in the, at the knockout stages, he's been on the money. Mm. You know, um, you know, Valencia. People thought that Valencia would give us a tough time. You know, we know, we 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 sorted them out. And Napoli, and he's he's. I'm sure he's. Yeah, I'd back him. I would back him. I'd back him as well. It's been a tough road mm. for Arsenal to get to the final. It's going to be a tough road for the fans to get that as well. But we can only hope that it'll be a win and Champions League qualification for the Gunners. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.